good morning, everybody. Happy last week of term. And welcome to the News Agenda with me, Fleet Street Fox. And today I'm joined by the Mirror's Deputy Online Political Editor, Lizzie Bucken. Morning, Lizzie. Morning. And she does have some construction going on nearby, so if you suddenly hear a hum, we guess she's going to have to dash off and shout at them for a bit, but hopefully we'll be okay. Now, this is the People's Paper Review, so get into the comments, ask us your questions. We will do our best to answer them for you. Those of you listening later on podcast will just have to try to survive the political bloodbath that will be this Thursday's by-elections. We'll get to those later. So what have we got for you today? Well, the Mirror has splashed on news that a new drug could finally be a step to curing Alzheimer's disease. Now, it follows our revelations a couple of weeks ago that the former GMTV presenter Fiona Phillips had an early onset form of the disease and is taking part in clinical trials of one particular medicine. That's not this one, but these are results of a previous trial which uh, revealed today show that it slows the rate of mental decline by a third, which is massive news. And it does mean that perhaps by the time many of us get to the point of being at risk of Alzheimer's, that we, there could well be an effective cure knocking around, which would be fantastic. And more on that inside the paper. But this week is going to be a massive one for politics. So I want to take us inside to a couple of stories telling us what's in store. So Lizzie, you have a story in the paper on page 28. Hooray! Uh, page 29 wouldn't exist without it. And it's about the Mirror's long campaign for the return of free school meals to close that equality gap and give all kids a fair start in life. So take us through it. What have you found out? So yeah, as you say, the Mirror has been campaigning for quite a long time now um, to expand provision of free school meals um, to more kids. Basically, I think a lot of people don't know just how restrictive the rules are. So every child can get a free school meal up to the age of up to the end of year two, regardless of how much money their parents earn. But after that, the the rules are unbelievably strict and basically. The latest estimates uh, show that something like 800,000 kids living in poverty don't even qualify. Um, so we want to expand free school meal provision to all primary kids, regardless of their parents' income. And there's lots of evidence to show that this kind of improves their life chances. It means that they perform better in school, their diets are better, that sort of thing. They develop better and it's also better for inclusion. It's more sociable, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of good stuff around it and it's become quite an interesting policy area because the government hate it and don't want to do it but Labour are in a funny space where you know Keir Starmer and the front bench don't want to commit to it because they think it's too expensive um, but a lot of Labour MPs and people kind of around the party trade unions members really like it as a policy and so we've been hearing quite a lot of discontent recently about the front bench's refusal to consider it and that's kind of reflected in this poll so 62 percent of voters in the uk think that labor should support it 61 percent in england um and that kind of just shows that people feel that this is a space that labor should be in yeah 61 percent. that's for polling that is quite um i mean that's more than anyone who's sort of expressing an opinion about one party or another in the upcoming general election isn't it that's quite a massive support what do you think everybody do you think that free school meals is an important policy and people should be talking about it or do you think it's just it's chaff and we can't afford that kind of thing um is this is this a case do you think lizzie of labor you know i mean we've got massive public support yet as i think we discussed this last week labor are saying they won't do it so it's causing a bit of an internal problem because they've promised to do it in Wales under a Labour administration next year. And they've promised they've promised to do it in Scotland under the SNP. And it will cost about a billion pounds a year, I think, is the estimate in England. But 
you know, what's that, Lizzie? That's a couple of overdue tanks and a contract for Michelle Moan. I mean, it's not a lot in the grand scheme of government spending. And you make loads of money back as a result because parents have more money. They're not having to feed them in the evenings. And it just it goes around the system. The economy gets a bit better as a result. Why won't Labour commit to it? What is the problem? Uh, money. It's basically that... As you say, a billion pounds a year in the scheme of government budgets is not very much. It sounds like a massive figure, but, you know, that's hardly anything compared to what goes into like running the NHS, all sorts of things. Um, but the problem is, is Labour have kind of backed themselves into a bit of a corner where they have bet the house on being seen as responsible with the public finances. You know, they they want the public to see Labour as trusted on the economy. They're trying really hard to capitalise on the fact that the Conservatives trashed the economy under Liz Truss. And they believe that this is the way that's going to help them win the election. So they've come up with these really strict rules. And it basically means any time a Labour front bencher wants to announce a policy or even talk about one, it has to be fully costed and they have to say how they're going to pay for it. And so it's kind of meant that they've got themselves into a situation where they have almost no policies because it's really hard for an opposition to come up with kind of tax raising ideas when you're not in government. Mm. At least, you know, it could be a year, could be more out from the next election. And so they're too nervous to say what they want to do, you know, about raising money. And the problem is, is they made a massive commitment to roll out breakfast clubs in primary schools. And so they don't want to do breakfast clubs and free school meals. That's the problem. And Shadow Education Secretary Bridget Phillipson is really keen on breakfast clubs. That's a real, like, she's really passionate about that. So, you know, that that's where they want to put their energy. But unfortunately, most people working in this space think that free school meals is more effective than breakfast clubs in kind of helping the most deprived youngsters, that sort of thing. And also it's more popular with the public. Oh, so maybe they've put their, their eggs in slightly the wrong basket in terms of what they need to commit to. Um, now, there's, you know, there's, we've got this situation in everyone. What do you think Labour are doing right here? Are they doing anything right by talking about the breakfast clubs? Doesn't matter more to you than a free school meal for your kids? As a parent whose daughter is just leaving year two, I've got to start thinking about whether I'm paying for school meals next year or picnics or, you know, lunchboxes, basically. She's going to be trying to get a mix of both because you just can't afford to do it all week. Plus, the food isn't always brilliant. Um, so it's going to have to, you know, be one of those things that you have to choose between. And but it's more expensive to cook for her at home, probably in the evenings. It's just that going to have to do it sometimes. Uh, what are you going to do for your children? I think I had free school meals. I think uh, for most of my uh, school life, I think the contribution my parents would have had to make was minimal in the 1980s. It was heavily subsidised, I think. Um, but what do you reckon? What do you think that Labour should be doing about this, if anything? Should they be concentrating on free school meals or on breakfast clubs? Are these Is this Labour just refusing to commit to absolutely everything, though, Lizzie? I mean, they, they do have, like you say, they've got a bit of an issue with not having any policies at the moment. The National Policy Forum, which decides Labour's next manifesto, is reporting back over the summer. So then in a position where they can't really commit to anything... But everyone is desperate for them to commit to something. Are they just refusing everything on blank and that's it? Or is free school meals actually going to be a step too far for them, even if they get into government? I think that they I think they are refusing to commit to almost everything at the moment, because, yeah, as you say, you know, they're still working on their manifesto. They're still thinking about 
you know, they're working, the National Policy Forum is taking place at the end of the month, they're going to be talking for quite a lot of the summer about policy and this September, uh, sorry, it's in October this year, uh, Labour conference is going to be absolutely critical ahead of the next election, that's where they'll kind of really iron out a lot of these things. So that yeah, they're keen not to commit too early. But I do think free school meals is a tricky one, because I think it's, it's along with two child benefit, which we're going to talk about, I think, in a bit as well, it exposes the fault line in the party of like, you know, Starmer's Labour have been very disciplined, you know, their eyes on the prize, they know that this is going to be their, this is their best chance to win power. But there are certain things like free school meals that are just so totemic to certain members of the party, you know, to the left wing of the party, and to quite a lot of people who are a bit more moderate, that they just can't, sit by and say okay we're going to let kids go hungry they just can't do that and so I think you really start to see this division between people who are prioritizing power over everything and people who just say I can't I can't stand by it doesn't matter if I get in trouble with the leadership I can't Mm. let this one go so I think we're going to see a lot of battles on issues like this around welfare around helping the most vulnerable as the kind of Labour leadership tries to target the centre of centre ground the kind of voters who aren't automatically going to vote Labour that's who they need to win so it's a tricky position for them to be in but obviously we're talking about it's not just about politics it's about people's lives so you know yes the Labour leader Labour wants to win the next election but also you, at what cost you know you've got to think yeah. about what they're going to do when they win power yeah what do you think everybody is it is it optimistic that Labour are having kind of an internal government type split before they even managed to form a government. Um, is this something that we need to be concerned about? Mike says Labour feels trapped because every policy announcement leads to scrutiny of how it will be funded in a way that Tory policies never seem to. Part of the issue, Mike, is that when you're in government, you can make a policy like that and you can find the money for it like that because you just tell the Bank of England I want some more money and it comes out like that. And then you can tell the Bank of England you don't want to repay it. The Bank of England has to say, all right, then. And that's the end of it. But when you are running, as Lizzie said, I think right at the start, when you are running to be the government, Tory or Labour, everything you want to spend has to be accounted for within existing budgets because you can't say you'll spend more money and tax more. You will never get elected that way. So the Tories tend to go for tax cuts, don't they, when they're in opposition? We'll cut your taxes and then they get into power and then blur. Um, and I would actually, Lizzie, I forgot to mention this. I will take issue what you said earlier on when you said that the economy was tanked under Liz Truss. The economy was tanked under David, Os- uh, David Cameron, under Theresa May, under Boris Johnson, under Liz Truss and under Rishi Sunak. They, they've managed a full house of screwing things up. Um, but they have got this issue now with, you know, how do they get into power and do anything and of course, they don't have the strong economy there was in 97 when, when Blair and Brown took over. Now, we need to move on to one of the, the big, what's going to be one of the bigger political rows of the day. And I suspect it's already brewing, bubbling along quite nicely. So Keir Starmer said yesterday that under Labour, they would keep the two-child cap on child benefit, something that was introduced by the Tories to save money and which Labour has argued ever since is cruel. Uh, that it puts children into poverty, it disproportionately affects single parents, puts the abortion rate up, all sorts of things. And Labour has said for all those years, Lizzie, that they would reverse that cap, that they would take it away. So what on earth is going on? Yeah, so for a long time, a lot of Labour MPs, including Keir Starmer, have said that they'd get rid of the cap. Um, it's one of the kind of austerity era policies that's considered even by some conservative MPs to be 
cruel and you know divisive i mean there's a huge study out today that says the two child benefit um limit and the benefit cap have both failed entirely in their aims and need to be scrapped immediately because they're not only pushing families into poverty but they also aren't achieving their original aims which was the point of the child benefit the two child benefit limit back when it was designed was supposedly to get parents of like back into work get parents working more hours basically by taking away their money so they have to work um but all it's done it hasn't in, that hasn't worked according to a three-year study no, by the university of work anyone who's, anyone who's got cruel and mad money, you know right if you've got to go back to work you have to pay for childcare, which is more than yeah. 13 quid a week which is how much you get for a second child so i mean yeah so all this is never, done have never had They've never had to do any of these sums, have they? They've no. never had to live with this. And all this has done is basically created a situation where uh, around parents lose out on around £3,000 a year per child under these rules if they've got more than two kids. So, you know, £3,000 on your third and another 3000 on your fourth. So it also disproportionately impacts, you know, renters, like larger families often people from ethnic minority backgrounds who might have larger families that sort of thing it's just a mess and labor have got themselves into a bit of a mess with it as well where you know for a long time they said they weren't that they were going to get rid of it and then when Keir Starmer became leader he eventually said that he was going to get rid of uh, Jeremy Corbyn's 2019 manifesto completely he was junking it they're going to start again and people have been trying to pin them down on it for a long time. And then Jonathan Ashworth, Labour's Shadow Wealth and Pen Work and Pension Secretary, told the Mirror a month ago that he thought the policy was heinous uh, and was absolutely pushing kids into poverty. And that was interpreted as a sign that Labour were going to scrap mm. it. They were going to get rid of it. And then yesterday, Keir Starmer said, no, we're not changing the policy. And everybody was a bit like, how can you keep something that your welfare spokesman says is heinous and is making children poor? Um, just had a report out, you know, today going, mm, doesn't mm, work. Terrible, yeah. terrible idea. And this is going to cause a massive stink. Now, tell us what you think, everybody. Um, have you got more than one child? Did to have the, did the thirteen pounds a week make the tiniest amount of difference to your ability to afford to look after that child? Um, it does sometimes, but most people it really doesn't because uh, it's just not enough, especially in the current climate. Um, do you think that cap should be lifted? Do you think it's cruel? Do you think it's absolutely fine? Do you think somehow it acts as birth control? Uh, do let us know. Get into the comments. But this is going to cause a stink because. The Labour House Secretary, Wes Streeting, as you've said, has called it heinous. We've got Deputy Leader Angela Rayner called it obscene and inhumane. The Pensions uh, Shadow Secretary, Shadow Pension Secretary, Jonathan Ashworth, said it's pushing children and families into poverty and is one of the, one of the most heinous elements of the Tory welfare system. And some anonymous Labour MPs um, are briefing out today that they weren't consulted about this policy switch. And I suspect they weren't consulted because they wouldn't agree with it. Um, Lizzie, is they this... They wouldn't, yeah. No, exactly. Sorry. Do you think, is this a sign that Keir is kind of riding roughshod over his own party it, and its values? He's being too tough. Or that he's doing the other thing he's always criticised for, which is flip-flopping and being too weak. Which is it? I don't think it's flip-flopping. I think this is part of the same picture as free school meals. It's about money. It's about the fact that, you know, I, I don't know exactly what the cost would be per year for getting rid of that policy, but I suspect it would be, you know, in the billions. Um, and it's about, yeah, it's about money. It's about the fact that they don't know 
Labour, as we were saying before, have created this system where they've said, OK, you know, we're going to recruit more teachers, but we're going to pay for that using by scrapping the non-DOM tax status. Or we're going to, you know, they've come up with these sort of slightly like these ideas of of raising money to pay for their policies without raising taxes and without cutting public spending. And there aren't that many things that they can do that with. So there aren't that many policies that they can announce. Mm -hmm. And I think this is expensive. Then they're not sure how they pay for it. So they can't say that they can. So I think that's part of it. But I also do think there is a part of it as well that is, you know, some of the people in Keir's office that I've spoken to in recent months to sort of say, you know, that they, they're trying very hard to to kind of beat to make sure they're not they're not held back by any kind of old myths about labor so you know they are not worried about talking about brexit they're talking about immigration you know that sort of thing issues that have been traditionally quite difficult for labor um and i think welfare is kind of part of this you know i think they're having to they're saying we're going to be tough on welfare because that's something that the conservatives will maybe attack them on of saying mm. you know oh you're going to s- splash loads of money on this and that um so I do think that's part of the picture but it's not all I, and you know I, I don't know exactly why they've decided that this is a particularly this is a line that they don't want to cross but yes, I suspect to... there'll be a lot of pressure on them to change their minds exactly in order to sort of stake your party unity on something if this is the one then I mean you know, it's a bit like uh, the boats issue. You're just going to look cruel um, if you try and stick to it in some ways. Um, and it is, it is kind of very important to huge numbers of people. What are they, you know, that Angela Rayner said a few years ago that this cap had to go. Now, she wasn't available for comment last night when journalists were ringing around trying to say, what do you think about this, Angela? Um, trying to get her reaction. But she's addressing the Parliamentary Labour Party tonight. They're going to be asking her. Other Labour front benches are doing the interviews today. Um, there, there is, there is obviously going to be a split about this, and does does Labour have the luxury, I suppose, of having a split of the leader kind of promoting a split? Because he could have just not said it. He could have said, "We don't know yet." He could have fluffed mm-hmm. it away. He didn't have to do this. Does do they have the luxury of doing that when they're not even in power yet? Well, it's interesting because that you say that like. Keir did quite a long interview on uh, BBC's Laura Koonsberg, Sunday with Laura Koonsberg yesterday, in which he didn't answer almost any questions. You know, he he kept being asked about public services, about public sector pay, public spending, all of this. And he, he didn't give a clear answer on anything. But when he was asked about the two child benefit cap, he just said, no, we're not changing that policy. He was absolutely clear. And that was it. And I wish he'd been pressed a bit more on that. But obviously that that's, you know, they have a lot of ground to cover in those interviews. But he obviously decided that that was something he wanted to say. So maybe this is a battle he wants to have. Um, but I think you're right that I'm not sure they do have the luxury to be having these sorts of arguments in public. Like, you know, the Labour... The Labour's le- the Labour leadership might say, you know, it's good. Like Labour's a broad church; it's important for us to have conversations about how we work these things out. And they can't control everybody, but ultimately, divided parties don't win elections. Is the old saying, and so you know, Labour needs to have a clear offer that they're standing on that the public understand and that the MPs believe in. Mm-hmm. And I think we're not there yet because the public. You know, a lot of these arguments are happening because there is a bit of a vacuum in terms yeah. of what 
no one really knows what Labour's policies are. Do you think then, from what you've just said, I mean, do you, we've got we've got the the Conservatives who've been disunited well since twenty sixteen on um, before. Let's face it, um, and when you, you've got that uh, to go up against, you really need to appear united. But maybe it's kind of there, there's a bigger political game here, and Keir wants to look tough with his own party. That that would win him some votes because that's one of the things he's always. You know, Labour was accused of being weak internally. Um, and secondly, that if he just sort of manages to stamp his authority and go, no way we're going to save money, that that in itself is a wider message that would appeal to the electorate in time for a general election next year. And that perhaps the strategists have decided that is a fight to go and have because you will end up looking better than Rishi Sunak, who's just screwing people over. You're saying, look, we're not going to make anything any worse. Mm. We can't make it better yet. We're going to wait until the economy is growing before we do make it better. We are going to do those things. We have those aspirations. But right now, we're going to be... Mm. I mean, that's... Despite the disunity that that produces, Mm. is that an overall bigger win, do you think? It could be. Um, And also, it's worth thinking as well that, you know, all parties have fights and the Tories have been fighting like rats in a sack for years it's not unusual for this to happen and it is a sign in a way of you know like different views people feeling emboldened to have those and that's how policy gets made but um i do think that i do think that these arguments are going to keep happening if there is this kind of vacuum and obviously it is quite a long way out from the election still and Keir has set out his five missions which some people some people said were a little bit vague I thought that a, a couple of them particularly the last one the opportunities one about education gave me a bit more of a sense of what I did get a sense of what I thought he was trying to do but um you know I think if if the Labour leadership aren't prepared to sort of say what they stand for people will start trying to find ways in and saying, yeah. okay, you should stand for this. Yes, and then you end up meaning everything to everybody, and then that's all very well. It's a good way to get elected, maybe, but then when you do get elected, you end up disappointing everybody because you can't do all those things that they kind of have imagined you should do. And what do you think, everybody? Where are you on the child benefit cap? Do you think that Labour's being careful and saving its money? Do you think Keir is being sort of uh, quite a good strategist and provoking a row that makes him look tough on the finances? Or is this just really poor party management? David says, I think we have to be responsible. There are guidelines that have to be adhered to. We can't just keep having children we can't afford and expect taxpayers to fork out the money. Well, do you know what, David? Boris Johnson can't afford all his children. Uh, And he's qualifying for the child benefit as well, or as various women are. Um, and he's obviously right. He's starting to earn a bit more money now, isn't he, Lizzie? And he's getting a lot on speeches and stuff. But he's mm-hmm. spending cheese. So, you know, if there are there are irresponsible people in the world, and they're not always the poorest ones, let's shall we say. Um, now, this Thursday, and this is perhaps why it's all going to matter or not matter. Uh, we've got three by elections in Tory seats. Uh, there may be a fourth in the in the mix if Nadine Dorries ever gets round to her resigning with immediate effect, which happened months ago and apparently isn't happening now. Um, but the BBC are reporting this morning that the Tories are briefing. They're going to lose all three of them and lose them horribly is the word uh, that Chris Mason used on Radio 4 this morning, which was worth staying up late at night to watch the results if it's going to be horrible. Um, Lizzie, does it matter what, what Labour says? 
oh, what they, what they are or what they aren't doing. All they really need to do is gain power, is just to be a safer pair of hands than any of this lot, which is, you know, you could ask the cat and they'd be a better, they'd be a better option. If they're going to lose that badly. I mean, Keir Starmer could, you know, spend the rest, spend the next year in the in the Weatherspoons drinking Cobra, and is still going to get elected, isn't he? I don't think that's true. I think that, you know, polls. If we've learned anything from the last few years, is that things can happen that you don't expect, and you know, a, a year is a long time. And I just think, I think this election, the general election, is Labour's to lose. Absolutely, the conditions are you know very for, very fortuitous for them in terms of where we are you know 13 years of Tory government everything doesn't work like political chaos all of that the public fed up this is a situation where Labour could really do well but the problem is is there will be people who will always vote Conservative there will be people who are on the fence but aren't really sure about Labour and Keir will have to persuade them and then there are, there are going to be people who might not bother because they're disenchanted with politics, all of that. And the end result is, even if Labour continue to poll well and do well in the election, if they can't get a proper majority, they're going to have to form some sort of minority government, which might is involves a series of really difficult choices. You either have to make a pact with the SNP to prop you up, the mm. price of which would be a second independence referendum, or you make a pact with the Lib Dems, which is politically toxic after the coalition. You know, they don't want to be doing that. Labour really don't want to be making coalitions. and They keep ruling it out in theory, though obviously everything is always on the table. Mm -hmm. um, so they do need to win and they need to win convincingly for this to work. And if they want to be able to actually deliver in government, you know, Boris Johnson won an 80-seat majority. But remember when Theresa May had to rely on the DUP and she couldn't get anything through you know, if if Keir Starmer gets into power and then can't deliver any policies because the Tories just frustrate him at every turn, that is not what they want either. So I do think that Labour do have to win the hearts and, you know, maybe to be a bit, you know, sentimental or whatever about it. But you have to give people hope. You've got to win hearts and minds. It's yeah. not enough to not just be the Tories. They definitely well. I don't know, it's a start. Um, they definitely have to have a bit of the whole, oh, the old kind of Obama hopey changey stuff going on. Very quickly before we move on to good news, do you think when this national policy forum, when they come back with these manifesto pledges and, and it's all sorted out by October and they, um, they're going into the last year before the election with a manifesto that is somehow a bit clearer than what we've had for the last few years, is that going to be Oh, vague, wishy-washy, we'd like to do this, but we don't have the money? Or is it going to be a thumping, we're going to do that kind of decisive document that we're... Coming doing? to the National Policy Forum. Well, when they when they finally get the um, the manifesto pledges and the policies oh. lined out this summer, are we going to see the kind of things we can get our teeth into, or is it still going to be a bit vague and wishy-washy? I think we won't see the really nailed-on stuff until we get the manifesto. Um, I, and I think they'll hold out. But I do think that whilst I think the National Policy Forum will be a lot of talking, you know, there are a lot of people expressing views. It might give us a way of reading where the kind of conflicts are and what issues are important to trade unions and to voters. Um, sorry, to members. But I think Labour conference in the autumn is going to be really that's going to be a time when you start to see like what the priorities are, like who gets a speech 
what the speeches are about, what Keir decides to speak about in his final leader's speech, you know, all of that. I think there will be some policy there. There'll be ideas. They'll be trying to lean into the next election. So I think that, I think there will be lots of vague stuff around, but I think that's when we'll start to get a much clearer idea. Mm. Well, nuclear veterans and free school meals, please, Keir. That's my offer. Uh, we will have to see, won't we? Thank you for that, Lizzie. Um, do let us know your questions, everybody. Uh, how do you feel about where Labour are? Do you think they're ready for power? Do you think they're arguing and splitting and dividing? Do you think they're being careful with the money and that's the way to get in? Or do they need to start making some radical offers, some big ticket, go, right, we're going to have a national care service. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Bosh. Vote for us and you get a better country out of it. Who knows? Get into the questions, let us know. We'll have a wrap at the end. But in the meantime, we have found some good news for you. Here it is. Now, we do like an animal rescue story on this show, uh, and this is very satisfying. So there is a sausage dog called Cola, and she was being walked by her owner, Ella, near some cliffs in Norfolk on Tuesday when she suddenly vanished. And we all know what happened to Cola, don't we? She went over the edge. Now, a search was organised, but without success. And then a charity called Drone to Home got involved. It's run by a former Scotland Yard detective. And the guy who runs it, he drove down from his home in Nottingham, like Robin Hood coming out of Sherwood Forest, and within uh, down to Norfolk, and within minutes had located Ella, uh, sorry, Cola, carrying on a ledge. The, the owner was also carrying somewhere, but Cola was carrying on this ledge. Now, what an absolute banger of a man. Now, she's now back at home, recovering with nothing more than some scratched paws. Uh, but, Lizzie, this whole story is just the worst if you are... Do you like my sausage puns? No one's even noticed them. They're just the worst if you are... Terrible. But um, every local fire brigade, a police force, RSPCA unit should have drones to help with rescues like this, shouldn't it? Rather than relying on some bloke to be a modern-day Robin Hood coming down from Nottingham. Yeah, no, it's ama- I mean, it's amazing because I actually know these cliffs quite well um, from, you know, I grew up near there and um, it is, they are so steep and that is just the absolute nightmare of you're losing your dog over the side. And using drones just is such a no-brainer for that sort mm-hmm. of work, especially because, you know, cliffside rescues are so, are so dangerous um, that at least being able to like pinpoint where you need to be must be so much more useful so yeah I love this story it made me it really cheered me up this morning yeah it's sweet and uh Cola's all happy and home now and I'm sure she's going to be on the lead whenever she goes near those cliffs again but at least the drone they did actually manage to find that she was quite near the bottom and therefore she was safe to scramble up and grab her um what they obviously need is some drones that can somehow grab hold of a dog and get it down mm. to the ground in some situations but uh, maybe those things will happen once they've got round to fixing Alzheimer's they'll get on to the dog rescues who knows but as I said very satisfying story um, thank you everyone for taking part in that thank you Lizzie for explaining it to us uh, thank you Keir for giving us stuff to talk about uh, let's hope that things get sorted out and a bit more party unity after Thursday when uh, we're going to have to see and wait and see what happens with um, those by-elections, aren't we? I think there is not going to be a news agenda on Wednesday because I have something more important to do. Uh, but keep watching these, this space, uh, and there will certainly be PMQs on Wednesday to watch anyway. The day before by-elections, that will be nice. Right, thank you, Lizzie. Thank you to the builders next door who kept quiet right until the end. And um, Thank you, everyone, for watching and taking part, and we will see you all again, I think, next Monday for another edition of the News Agenda. Till then, everyone. Tatty bye.